the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Ed Martin and the Pro-America Report. On The Answer San Diego. Welcome back, everybody. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Thank you for tuning in on Periscope. We got folks up there watching. Thank you. And uh, you go to Ad Eagle Ed Martin if you ever want to tune in there, if you're listening on the radio. This this radio program originates with the great Salem Radio Network at The Answer San Diego. I know so many of our listeners are listening in, and one of the great things is that they ping me and email me and text me and all. But we also do the first part of the show up here on Periscope, and we cover a lot there. You just missed it on the radio. We prayed. We at the very beginning of the Periscope, we have a word of prayer, so you have to tune in for that. And uh, now let's get to what you need to know, because we've got a huge show. On this show today, we'll catch up with Dr. Brett Decker. Hey, there's Bernie in from Vancouver, British Columbia. Thank you on Periscope for tuning in. Uh, we'll talk with Dr. Brett Decker, our friend from Defiance College in the heart of America in Ohio, and uh, Dr. Decker, who spent a bunch of his years reporting for the Asian, uh, the Wall Street Journal Asia. He'll give us an update on what's happening with China and all. And we'll also talk with an entrepreneur. Wait till you hear this story. You're going to want to come by and listen to this story. We had a, an entrepreneur who started a business, no kidding, like four days before the coronavirus thing shut down America. He started his own business. It's a hot sauce company, two different types of hot sauce. We'll have him on the program, and hopefully we'll help him sell some hot sauce and keep going. He's doing it out of his house with his wife and family. So entrepreneur in America, we want to keep that going. And it uh, might be a good business because a lot of people are cooking at home. Why not? So we'll talk with him. And then we'll wrap things up uh, with a uh, uh, an update on the swamp. On the swamp, we'll talk about the swamp. All right, first of all, what you need to know. Long weekend, a lot going on. I don't want to talk about fire Dr. Fauci. I don't want to talk about any of that, that stuff right now. I want to go back to basics so that you're aware of what's going on because the Democrats are trying to steal America. They can't win on ideas. They can't beat Trump on ideas. So they want to steal America. Now, you remember, Nancy Pelosi, as soon as she was speaker, the first bill she floated, the first thing she floated, H.R. 1. H.R. 1, which is generally the priorities of the of the the uh, leadership, included massive changes to elections. They wanted to have early voting and ballot harvesting and all these kinds of things. And so it was a disaster. It went nowhere, thankfully, because the Republican Senate killed it off. But as this country was in the grips of this it is in the grips of this war against this unseen menace, this Wuhan virus, we have Nancy Pelosi trying to hold hostage America to get what? Early voting, ballot harvesting, all kinds of things like this. And what I, I and, and incredible. Now, happily, everybody, including the president, fought it off. And the president stood up there at one of his White House briefings and he said, hey, look, this is crazy. If you want to try to have early voting, you'll never have a republic. You'll never have an election. You'll have a Republican win. You'll never have an election that people have any faith in. But here's what I want to tell you. In this great experiment that is America, we have this system where each of our states can undertake their own initiatives, right? They can do things. They can have lower taxes. They can have more freedom, less freedom. As long as it doesn't impinge on the U.S. Constitution, they can do a lot of things, right? They are laboratories of democracy. It's true. 
But here's what's gone on. In places like in Virginia, where I now live, the Commonwealth of Virginia, we have had big money come in from the outside. And in this case, last election cycle, just about six months ago, seven months ago, we had a huge infusion of money, including money that came from, uh, what's his name, Uh, Mayor Bloomberg, uh, Mike Bloomberg, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars in local races. And they, they won for the first time in a long time, the House of Delegates and the Senate in Virginia. And of course, they had the governor. The governor in Virginia is this gentleman, uh, Northam, who himself, by the way, was a for, is a former doctor, pediat- pediatrician, I believe. And he, you know, I, I don't hear much about him, by the way, trying to take care of patients like Rand Paul is volunteering in a hospital. And then some of the others, the, the, uh, the prime minister of Ireland, who is a lame duck prime minister, he lost his election last month maybe and he's got a few months left to serve he's a doctor he re- he reactivated his license and is serving in uh, in the legislature in the hospitals but you don't hear that about ralph northam ralph northam is a guy who in his uh, med school yearbook he admitted being in a picture he didn't say which of the people one person was in blackface the other person was in a kkk hood he apologized for that but he didn't resign so now he's desperate to curry favor with the left and so you know what he did? He signed a bill that will in repeal Virginia's photo ID law, the, the ID that requires voters to show the law that requires voters to show ID. He said he's going to make Election Day a state holiday. That means hundreds of thousands of workers will get off of work. You'll keep your kids out of school. Schools will be closed. It creates another boondoggle instead of a, instead. Of, and he also expanded access to early voting. And by its Democrat House of Delegates, Democrat Senate and a Democrat governor, they're shoving it down the face of America, of Virginians, and they're going to swing the elections in Virginia for a generation. I don't know, for 10 years. I mean, I'd say this next election that comes up, the the Virginia legislature is elected in off years. They're elected in uh, 19 and then 21 and 23. So the next one in 21 is probably the last chance for, you know, sane Virginians to grab hold of their of their government to try to get it back because you go a few more years and a few more bills like this and it's a disaster. Now, you may remember Governor Northam tried earlier in the year to uh, pass gun control, massive gun control, gun registration, uh, limits on gun purchases, all that. He was met with a massive uprising by regular voters and regular citizens of Virginia and the Commonwealth. They went down to Richmond and they stood up and said, you can't do that. It was great. What you need to know is that the same motivation that people had to fight for the Second Amendment, you better fight on election rules and election laws. Because what Northam is doing is taking the, he's taking the long play. It's a Alinsky play, it's a Soros play, and it's using one trick. And the trick is to take the elections towards early voting, towards ma- voting by mail. That's another one of the things they do. To uh, uh, All this so that you're not voting on election day when you should be deciding on all the facts everybody knows together on who to vote for instead you're deciding months before imagine if you were to vote months before all of the election details might come out you might not know that joe biden is even more impaired than he seems now if you get to vote 10 weeks before an election and the and the democrats are not the, if they can take your constitutional rights they will if they can assert their agenda abortion and others they will But if not, they know enough to play the long play. And the long play in this case is to get Northam, Governor Northam and the Virginia legislature to pass all these rules on election, on electioneering and voting. And here's the trick. Here's the important part of it. I ran the election board in the city of St. Louis a couple years back in the 2000s. 
And what happens is the leaders of those organizations are able to steer the organizations. Right now in Missouri, they have uh, Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft who oversees the state elections, and he's fearless. He's got, in fact, he's got his guys, he's got his staff back at work, uh, almost all of his staff back at work this week because he said that we can social distance, we can get, and we, and we cannot afford to not do the work of the, of the, uh, of the elections as well as the other duties of the Secretary of State. And he's being careful and he's doing all the smart things, but he's just saying, hey, when people are paying, we're not going to stop working. But back to my point, you, here's what you need to know. When the governors and the left in these states take over the elections, they're doing it because they're a step ahead of us on taking away our constitutional rights. They're one step, they're a couple steps ahead a lot of times, but in this case, if you can't get the votes, and they couldn't, to do the, le- the left-wing gun control, if you couldn't get the votes in the legislature to do the far-left gun control and all the kinds of things that Northam wanted to do, then what you do is go set the elections and keep on winning. Set the elections and keep on going. California now is, is so far, you know, listeners, our listeners, many listeners in San Diego, when you, when you see how quickly California, it wasn't 25 years ago. That you had a Republican governor, well, I don't count Schwarzenegger, but had a Republican governor and you had Republican leaders in the legislature. And over time, in part because of the acceleration of the election laws that California's put in place, you lose control. And what you need to know is while the f- crisis is going on, while our nation's fi- finding, challenge, finding all these challenges, the left is looking at opportunities to keep going. They may not advertise it. I didn't see Northam. I did not see much coverage of Northam's decisions until after it was passed, it, 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 willing to, the willingness to sign this. I mean, it's extraordinary. And what you need to know is you wake up. And places like the Commonwealth of Virginia, it wasn't five years ago that you had real conservatives in office. I mean, you, you had real conservatives that were leading this, the Commonwealth of Virginia. And now here we are. That's what you got to watch for. That's what you got to know. And frankly, what you have to do is fight back. Just like the Second Amendment, just like the Second Amendment when we, everybody marched down there to, to Richmond, you've got to rise up and you've got to elect people that will protect our elections. And you've got to demand, frankly, that the federal government gets involved in this case, at least now, to try to protect our rights, if they can and protect our rights against the uh, inf- infringements. All right, we got to take a break on the radio. We'll be back uh, right after this, and we'll talk with uh, Dr. Brett M. Decker and a lot more. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Be right back. Ed Martin and the Pro-America Report. On The Answer San Diego. Welcome back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. I previewed earlier that I was excited to speak with our next guest because he's a small business owner and he's a guy that started with his passion and all. And uh, and his name is Mark Engel. And so Mark Engel, who had this experience in business, and then he also had, I guess you would say he's... Um, He's kind of, uh, I don't know, a foodie himself. And so he decided, I'm going to make my own product. I'm going to launch it. The only problem is he launched it right during this uh, coronavirus uh, debacle. And so it's a challenge, although I think it might be really good. So first of all, welcome, Mark. How are you? I'm doing great today. Thanks for having me. So explain what this product is and how you got to here. How, what's the story behind uh, this product? Sure. So, um, as you said, I'm a foodie. I think about food 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And uh, I really <laughs> show my passion for my family and friends through cooking and feeding them. And so, um, as a busy business person, I was always looking for a hack and an easy way to make great tasting food for my family. And uh, I would not often go to the um, international grocery stores and find unique things and then realize that 
um, some of these items may not be so safe and healthy to eat. So I started making some of them on my own and then adapting them to, uh-huh. I think, to be better. Uh-huh. And, um, and so what we've done is we've created this chili infusion. And we say it's a 1,001 uses one spoon because really um, you can do just about anything with it. And uh, and so before you have to tell me how did you come up with the name of it? So it is and, and oh let me right. let me say this we're talking with Mark Engel and I'll, I'll put up on social media Mark the the story I saw first was on stltoday.com. I want to make sure to plug those guys for writing. Daniel Neiman wrote a column who's a food writer for the Post Dispatch. So I'll put up on social media and all. But tell us how you got the name uh, uh, of this and what it means. Sure. So um, umami U M A M I is actually considered the fifth taste. It's a Japanese word and it means yummy or savory. Uh-huh. And think of it as the conductor of an orchestra. So you have sweet, sour, salty, and bitter. And then you have umami, which brings it all together like the conductor. And so huh. I took the phonetic spelling of that, O-O-M-A-M-E, with some unique sort of character marks over them, and uh, made that my, my brand name. And so it's umame.net, by the way, O-O-M-A-M-E.net. You can go there and, uh, and, and check it out. By the way, I don't know if you ever heard this, but, um, I, I remember reading this. It stuck in my head that, um, when, uh, when Gwyneth Paltrow started Goop, part of the reason that she started Goop was that she read that o- double O's in internet uh, naming is a huge deal. So you, you did that with the umami. But now, listen, I got to tell you a twist on this, Mark. When I emailed Mark, I found Mark uh, through, I think, LinkedIn or something last week, or maybe through his website, again, umame.net. And I said, man, this looks interesting. He said, well, I'll come on your show, but I'll send you some product. So I said, great. So he sent it to me and it arrived today, except I'm at the office. So I just got off the phone with my wife. This is the best thing for you, Mark, because here's the thing. Now, I'm going to go home and have it tonight and I'll talk about it tomorrow on the show again. But so I, and my wife said, I said, and my wife is a, she's not a foodie, but she's also, um, uh, well, she's pretty, not a foodie, but she's, she cares about it. So she's, I said, and the one you sent me is the, uh, is the, which one did you send us? The Mexican chili? Both the Chinese and the Mexican. Oh, oh. Well, she tried the Mexican chili one and she said it was really good. She said, I'll be very happy because she knows I love chili and I love uh, I love uh, spicy food. So my wife gave it a passing grade, although it was a it was a minimalist passing grade. She opened it, tasted it a little bit and said it's good. We haven't used it in our meal. So what would you tell people, Mark, about what you know, these two products I'm looking at the, the online Mexican chili infusion and the other is the Chinese. What how would you describe using these in your cooking? Right. So, you know, as I said, our tagline is a thousand and one uses one spoon. And, um, you know, before I go into sort of how to use it, you know, what's interesting is we really wanted to revolve around chili because it's very on trend and I love spicy. But what you're getting here is um, uh, umami, all natural umami in a jar. It's plant based, keto friendly, uh, low sodium and gluten free. So I'm hitting all of the people, you know, who are looking for unique products and, um you know, my favorite way to use it is I take tortilla chips, I do a fried egg, and then put the umami right on top. Um, if you were to look at the jar, what you'll find is it's 80% solid and 20% oil. And we're using a expeller press high sunflower oil. Um, but when you think about the Mexican one, you know, it's got 14 different ingredients. And we curated every specific piece for size and texture. So I don't know if you ever heard of the word organoleptic. It's the no. properties and mouthfeel that you get with a product. So this is a party in your mouth because you start with a blend of four Mexican chilies, 
Then you have these pepitas, which are pumpkin seeds for a little bit of chew. And then there's fermented black beans for umame, a little bit of agave mm. nectar, agave nectar, um, and then some dried onion and orange peel. And it has coriander seeds and cumin seeds. So as you're eating, there's all these flavors going on. And then the mango comes in and smooths it all out. So I call it a party in your mouth. But you can, um, you know, you can put it on top of eggs, mix it in with rice, make a stir fry with the oil, with the infused oil. But really, then you can add it to ketchup, mayonnaise, or any nut butter and mm. do anything you would want with any of those. It's very versatile. I saw it in uh, on the website again, umame.net, There's lots of ideas on that. Now, um, the uh, you, how'd you come up with it? Did you try a million versions? Is that how you got to this right. one? No, that's a great question. So, you know, in all fairness, there's some because I spent five years living and working in China um, and speak Chinese. I spent a lot of time, and this was 25 years ago when there were more bikes in China than cars. Um, I spent a lot <laughs> right. of times with the mom and pop uh, places and. You know, the Chinese one is very similar to a very popular product called Lao Gama. It's a Chinese black bean chili oil. Um, and so what mm. I did was a, a riff on that. I made it all natural. It's made here in the USA in small batches. Um, and then I added a lot more layers of flavor. Um, and then I said, you know, there's nothing like this in Mexican. And so we did some research and we found authentic ingredients like um like dried mango and pumpkin seeds and these um, fine, awesome uh, guajillo and ancho chilies to, to put in here um, and then made a mix that was similar. We're working on an Indian version and a North African version as well. Now, and, and Mark, we're talking with Mark Engel, and he, along with his uh, already, I can tell, uh, long-suffering wife, uh, Karen, is, is helping him <laughs> do this. And, and, uh, and uh, Mark is... Are you making it in, in your in your house? Are you making it in a nearby thing? I mean, are you contracting it out? You said it's made in America, but how, who actually makes yeah. the, the stuff and puts it in? So, and that's a great question. Um, I most recently ran a large Chinese food company where we made oh. 600, we hand-rolled 600,000 egg rolls a day. 600,000 <laughs> wow. egg rolls a day, yeah. And so when it came wow. to understanding, like, USDA properties and how do you manage pork, I had that down. Keep so, going. Wow. So, so yep. yeah, keep going. So I, so I looked long and far to find a provider who was really an artisan provider. I'm not doing it. Um, I want to do product development and sales and marketing and build the brand. But I found an amazing uh, partner, um, and I'm grateful to them. They've been doing this 20 years, and they agreed to take me on. And we learned a lot together. Um, so, so it's been hmm. exciting. Well, that's great. So, and and all right. So now, um, you're you're because of the way this we're launching the business. You, it's, but in a weird way, yes, you can't go to stores. But most people aren't going to stores, like in terms of your pr- product. So you got to get the word out online because people. And I'm looking back at your website, umame.net. If you if you buy uh, one each of the Chinese and Mexican chili, it's free shipping. So you, you know, people are home. There, are lots of people are home cooking and all that. Have you been able to? Are you getting much traffic? Are, are people being aware of it? What can you you know? What can you tell me about the uh, ability to get people to find? out about it right well the good thing is it's, it doesn't matter which jars you buy if you buy two jars will be free shipping and the idea there is that's just how people shop today but you know the challenge yep. was i started yep. this back last summer and who would have known uh-huh. we were going to be in a worldwide <laughs> pandemic and so while this is appealing yeah. to uh, vegans and keto people because it's uh, keto approved um yep uh i think that people who are 
in a situation where they're dealing with their quarantine routine and they're getting tired and bored, this is amazing. And I think what I really am looking forward to is when you go home and try it, because what you're going to find is that it can really transform anything in your kitchen and in from just one jar. Um, and so I think it really offers a benefit to people. So the challenges is now, you know, getting the word out. And so this podcast is a great opportunity. Yeah, you know, I appreciate Daniel Neiman for writing the article, but I've, I've got to, I've got to find a ton of people who are plant-based lovers and keto lovers and just people who are trying to, you know, get through this quarantine time in their kitchens with an all-natural product. Yeah. Because it, it speaks for Well, here's what we'll do. Yeah, no, we'll do It's umame.net. I got to go on a break, but uh, here's what we'll do. I'm going to try it tonight, and I'll talk about it tomorrow on the show again, and I'll, I'll report back to you. But uh, keep us in the loop on it, and keep, keep me on your email list, and let me know, because I'll do my best to uh, spread the word. I really appreciate the backbone of this country. Everybody says it all the time, is people that take a risk to start a business. So thank you, Mark, for taking the time to be with us, and uh, best of luck with it, and we'll, we'll promote everything we can, and I'll try it tonight. In case I hate it, I'll come back on and tell you, but I'm sure I'll love it. My wife said I'll no, love it. I'll do what she you. told me. But yep, yep. Thank you, Ed. So all much. right, thanks, I really appreciate Mark, Mark Engel. Um, yeah, Mark Mark Engel. Umame dot net. I'll put it all up on social media. Uh, umame o o m a m e dot net. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here in the Pro America Report. Be back in a minute. Ed Martin and the Pro America Report on the Answer San Diego. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here, the Pro-America Report. Our next guest is our old friend, Dr. Brett M. Decker. Dr. Decker, of course, is a New York Times bestselling author and a professor at Defiance College in the heart of America in Ohio. Welcome back, Dr. Decker. How are you, sir? I'm starting to get cabin fever here. Um, <laughs> I'm I not bet. used to making my own my own meals every day. and uh, Nothing against Chef Boyardee, but I, I, I'm, I'm getting sick of ravi- canned ravioli at this point. Well, you know, you of course you have a cat, so that's not that entertaining. So you you probably are you can only talk to your cat for so long, and then you just get disgusted, right? Yeah, he's pretty intellectual though. He's good conversationalist, Van Winkle. <laughs> oh my gosh! All right, all right. Let's get serious here, Doctor Decker. Everybody agrees that the, the the America has to go back to work and open up the economy. So do you have any thoughts uh, in, about how you do it? I mean, how, how do you – and uh, around you, you're in, in Ohio and the uh, center of the country. Uh, it doesn't look like that's a hot spot, right? New, uh, New York is, Louisiana, now New Orleans, L.A. So if you're in the heart of America, you're like, man, we're, we're just sort of stuck here, crippled, because the rest of the country has this stuff. What, what's your sense on moving forward? Well, you know, I think, I think you started uh, – uh um, hint in the right direction, just in, in the reflection on on how this region is different than other regions. Uh, rural and suburban areas, in, in a lot of cases, are different than cities. So I think one, we have to do this as quickly as possible. Like May one, we need to start having plans for rolling this economy back. Um, but I think what's important is not to you know not to do the same, make the same mistakes, getting the economy going as we did shutting it down. So. You know, we're listening to doctors to shut down a twenty-two, twenty-four trillion dollar economy. Well, they're not economists; they don't know the effects these things have. So, what we can't do, right? So, basically, we almost applied the same rule across the whole country, right? I mean, Atlantic to the Pacific, the Canadian border down to the Mexican border. Well, this is a big, diverse com- country. Lots of different people, lots of different demographic groups, 
lots of um, um, di- di- different climates, right? The, the virus travels different, different kind of climates, supposedly, that they tell us. Um, right. Well, I think when we get the economy going, we can't do it just across the board the same. So, okay, New York might be having problems. New Orleans might be having problems. So maybe you roll things out differently in those places. But just because New York is ha- has a, a bad, uh, 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 like a death rate that's still relatively high, doesn't mean Michigan, Wisconsin, Ohio needs to be sitting here waiting around. You know, parts of Michigan around Detroit and everything actually are, are hit pretty hard right now, but but like like this one size fits all for an, a huge diverse country um, didn't make any sense in the shutdown. So let's not do the same thing going forward. And I and I think that's that's important, right? Places that are healthier, well, let's get those rolling now. And you know, a little bit of an economy is better than no economy. Um, and then just we uh, we're talking with Dr. Brett Decker. Yeah, Dr. Decker, um, you talked about economies and economists. Why? I was reading over the weekend uh, one of the uh, one of the sort of think pieces on this, and the argument was that um, you can come out of a recession faster. Um, you know, you hope to if you do the right things. Actually, I know what it is. It's Andy Puzder, the retired uh, CEO of the of the. Uh, I think it's CKE, the fast food uh, uh, joint, Carl's Jr. and uh, and maybe Hardee's or whatever it was. And he's written a lot in the last few years. And Puzder said something like, yeah, if you can come out of a recession faster if you stick to the basics and don't do what Obama did, which was start using government and get more regulations and more things. And his argument was Trump's position to get us out of this sort of downturn faster. What's your, what's your feeling on that? I mean, can we really expect... Or, uh, to get out of this fast, or are we going to be in a? Because remember, the best projections are six months of slow. Uh, well, of some kind of phased return. We're not returning in mass on June first. We're returning in phased, and maybe for eighteen months until we have some stability. You're going to see more infection, and again, no, hopefully not as many people dying as we feared, but people really sick. I mean, really sick. Um, so, can you, how, how is there any precedent for seeing the economy how it could come back? I mean, if 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 we have most of the, the economy shut down for eighteen months, it's just, I mean, you know, start hunting and gathering right now because I I don't know how you you build that back. One lost quarter of of uh, an economy economic output is disastrous. Two is really bad. Three, um, three, you start doing so much damage, you, you things start to close that you can't just reopen again, right? So companies go out of business, they just can't get, be recreated in a snap, you know? So that's that's at about three quarters. I mean, if you're talking 18 months, a uh, year and a half of economic output, I mean, at, at that point, you might just have the system collapse. I, I, you know, how many, you can say, well, banks can't foreclose, um, you know, if if lots of people are defaulting on their loans, well, yeah, millions and millions and millions of people defaulting on the loans. The banks can't handle that either. So, you know, and and, and the government can't bail everything out, right? So, um, I think I think you just have I think you have to start focusing on okay, who do we get back to work as soon as we can? You know, less vulnerable populations, right. and if the doctors want to help us, help us. How do we keep a work environment clean? What do we have to do, right? People are still going to the grocery store, going to certain essential functions of the economy, like like right. A lot of these states, Illinois and whatnot, uh, marijuana dispensaries are somehow considered um, essential functions. Yeah. Well, 
right. people are still going to these places. And as far as I know, um, tons of people aren't getting sick at Kroger. So how do we extend that out to other other parts of the economy so people can go to work? I mean, this thing's going to be a disaster if we don't. Uh, you know, a lot more people are going to die but in, in a depression than they are from this virus, you know? I mean, you just look at, you know, whether it's an inner city or rural communities, people aren't working. They get depressed. They start drinking. They start doing drugs. That leads to overdose, overdose and different kinds of death, right? Suicide, car accidents. You know, it's, 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 not, it's not a myth that people make bad choices when they're, when they're depressed because they're not working. So, um, you know, that's a, that's a legitimate concern. So we, we have to start focusing on this and not – it can't be – it can't be, well – Let's see what we can do in a year, a year and a half. It's going to be it's be good night, Irene. At that point, uh, we're talking with Brett Decker, Doctor Brett Decker, kind of teaches at uh, Defiance College and the New York Times bestselling author. Uh, let's shift to China for a couple minutes here. Um, China, you, you've often taught me and taught our listeners that China relies on us as much as we rely on them, and so uh, this this turning from China that Americans uh, seem to be doing, you know, at least our policymakers are talking about it and people are fed up. And China, what, what shape is China in right now, Dr. Decker? What are they, what, what's their economy? What are they going through? Yeah, I mean, China's hurting, hurting hard. Their, econo- their economy is down uh, something like 30% or something like that. Yeah, and they depend on us a lot more than we depend on them, right? We can, if we decide to decouple from China, you know, this separating our dependency and, and, and our needs from them, especially sourcing of products, uh, we can build the stuff anywhere. They can't sell their stuff anywhere else because they're tapped. They're already maxed out in Europe and in the rest of Asia and stuff. So so they're desperate, right? They're not shipping stuff. A lot of people aren't accepting shipments from China. Um, so they're hurting, but how do, what do they do? They end up cracking down on people, uh, right? I mean, they increase religious persecution, uh, increase slave labor in their factories, child labor, whatever. Um, right? Their reaction to bad times is more repression. You know, you look at the crackdown right. in Hong Kong, right? So um, I think <clears throat> the, le- the less we're dependent on China, the more we can decouple and the faster, the better, you know? And maybe yeah. that, you yeah. know, we've tried, we've tried for decades now that if we engage with them, make them richer, they'll become freer. That didn't work. Okay, so let's decouple now and see if uh, if that encourages better behavior than, than rewarding them for bad behavior has. It is, um, I, I mean, I guess the question is, uh, you know, when we come out of this, whether the policymakers have the stomach, as I've said before, to do what they say they want to do, which is decouple, as opposed to rolling back into, well, we can kind of get a deal and make a deal, right? I mean, that's what the temptation will be because of the size of the market, right? Yeah, I mean, right, politicians, um, as we know, um, they're for sale to the highest bidder, and a lot of companies still want low-cost production in China, so they'll just, you know, donate to politicians, and then they'll do the wrong thing like they have been for decades, right? It's not only with China, it's the, the, the debt, you know, we're sitting here in this crisis, and we have a 24 trillion, I mean, I remember when it was like 16, and we're talking about how it's going to be 20 trillion, it's like 24 trillion now, and that's because none of these politicians want to do the right thing, right? So, um, I, you know, I I think we I didn't like I didn't used to like term limits because I don't feel we need a regulation <laughs> yeah. telling me who I can and can't vote for. I think we need them just to have a revolving door to just just to get bad <laughs> people out of it. Like a stranger can't be worse than the people we have in there. So, yeah. 
But All I mean, right. It's, it's well, don't be a stranger, Dr. Decker. Make sure you don't be a stranger because we appreciate you very much. I got to run. Uh, we will take a quick break and be back. It's Dr. Brett M. Decker, New York Times bestselling author and professor at Defiance College. And we'll talk again next week. Be right back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Be back in a minute. Ed Martin and the Pro-America Report. On The Answer San Diego. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily commentary continuing the conservative pro-family legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now, here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. The world has been rocked by the rapid spread of the infamous and infectious Wuhan coronavirus. Let's not forget that this deadly pathogen originated from the province of Wuhan in China. Isn't it an interesting coincidence that Wuhan is also the site of a top-secret biological weapons development lab? One can only wonder if something so deadly might have come from this warfare lab. Whether the pathogen is man-made or not, the solution to the problem is still the same. Closing our borders and ending our permissive visa policy is the only effective way to protect our citizens against the invasion of deadly viruses like this one. Quarantines within our nation can only be effective if the disease does not continue to enter from other countries. It didn't take long for experts to admit that we couldn't contain the virus within China. So the only meaningful approach going forward is to keep viruses like this out of the United States. This requires tightening our border security and our visa policy. President Trump did this early on in this crisis by stopping flights from China. And he did it again when he stopped flights from Europe. The only option in these times of crisis is to understand what's at stake. And one decision that we have to be willing to make is to limit the vast amount of migration here, especially from regions which do not share Western standards of cleanliness or who already are facing the disease. I'll be the first to admit that this is a bold move. But our nation has been saddled with too many spineless politicians whose idea of a bold move is having steak for supper rather than caviar. That's not the kind of leadership we need to take on these threats that are coming to us because of globalism. Instead, we need bold leadership and bold leaders who will make the tough decisions necessary to put the American people first. President Trump has already demonstrated his willingness to take this stand and take these risks. It's not about scoring political points. It's about protecting we the people. That's what we need to fight Ebola, the Wuhan coronavirus, and other deadly contagions. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Do you like what you see at the Trump White House? Will President Trump continue to advance conservative ideals? At phyllisschlafly.com, you gain complete access to Phyllis Schlafly Eagles news updates and commentaries and can track our work on Capitol Hill. Go online often to phyllisschlafly.com. And thanks for listening to the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here in a Pro-America Report. Thank you for tuning in as always. And thank you uh, to the listeners who have also gone over to Periscope and on social media to help promote things. We're doing as much as we can to keep spreading the word about the Pro-America Report. And again, it's at Eagle Ed Martin on Twitter. If you go on Twitter, just do a search for at Eagle Ed Martin or, or Periscope. Periscope is the feature for those of you that may not know on Twitter to do videos. And so if you go on there, you can find that. And uh, also uh, on Facebook, it's Ed Martin Live. And uh, of course, 
the website, edmartinlive.com. You get signed up to get our daily wink. I previewed earlier in the show, I'll say it again, we're going to have a couple of segments in the next day or two about the Mrs. America miniseries that is going to run on Hulu. It's streaming on Hulu. I keep saying it wrong. It's streaming on Hulu. It's been created uh, by FX. FX. And so it's a nine part, nine hours, an hour each episode, nine hours of uh, of a mini series called Mrs. America about the ERA fight, Equal Rights Amendment fight in the 70s when the late Phyllis Schlafly, my boss and mentor, she stood up and st- stood up against all the establishment, Republican, Democrats. Everybody was in a politically correct moment and wanted to change the American, our, our great constitution and inject all all sorts of gender politics into it. She fought it off almost single-handedly. Well, I say she led the movement single-handedly to oppose. She had tens of thousands of housewives and conservative fighters that joined her. It was um, it was amazing. So uh, that will be up on Wednesday, streaming on Hulu. It will be a hit job. And we will have two things to counteract that. RealMrsAmerica.com is a website I started with my organization. You'll see lots of great stuff there to counter it. The other thing it's going to be really interesting, red-pilled uh, Red Pilled America, a podcast online, more conservative than not, I the best way I'd say it, but like a storytelling podcast, has done a piece called American Woman about Phyllis Schlafly, and it's releasing on the same day. So I'll make sure you hear about that. It's pretty cool. Uh, so that's all coming and will be very interesting. I'm, 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 I have to be honest, I'm, uh, dreading it because I think it'll be such a hit job. It'll really make me unhappy because I, I worked with Phyllis Schlafly for years, knew her really, really well, knew her personally, you know, to be friendly with her and, you know, very close and, and to see what they're going to do. On the other hand, one good thing about it is um, Kate Blanchett and all these superstar, you know, Hollywood types are doing something on Phyllis Schlafly. Like, it's pretty cool that they recognize her importance in the world and in the country and in history. Uh, so, you know, even though they're slurring her and uh, mis- misstating the facts, uh, I guess they're at least they're talking about her. So it uh, it should be interesting to watch that uh that play out uh now i want to wrap one thing up at the during the um, during the periscope i mentioned i usually do three things during my periscope i do a, a an intention that someone sends to me to lift someone up sometimes in prayer a lot of times in prayer uh and then we do what you need to know which you all heard at the beginning of the program and then the third one is drain the swamp and the drain the swamp i wanted to refer you to today is i wanted to point out the special species species not spe- species of human beings that live in the swamp that are called never Trumpers. And these are Republicans who picked wrong on the race for president and then cannot ever admit that they picked wrong. Now, in every presidential race, there are people that pick wrong, right? You, 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 if you're a Democrat, you started out and you're like, oh, I really love Amy Klobuchar. Well, you're wrong, right? I really love Kamala Harris. Oh, you're wrong, right? I really loved uh, Mike Bloomberg. Wrong, okay? And one of the things about politics is you're going to be wrong. And one of the things, if you're on one team meaning Republican or Democrat, you figure out how you can either support or not support the candidate. The never Trumpers just could never support Donald Trump. And, and that it's one thing to not support a candidate in a race. I, I totally think that's freedom. You can say, no, I don't want to support him. It's another thing once the candidate wins and gets in office and you see what their true colors are. Sometimes their true colors are worse than you think. Sometimes you'll have somebody run for office and say, this person's going to be a, a, a rhino. They say they're conservative. They're not. They get in office and they really are rhino. I mean, they really are moderate. They really, or you think they're lying to me about whether they're going to really stick up for an issue and they get in and they don't stick up. That, that happens. In the case of Donald Trump, though, if you're a Republican, if you're a Republican of almost any stripe, when he gets into office and you see six months, a year later, the things he's done, 
regulatory reform, good judges, all these things, and you don't repent or recant your never Trumpness, then you've got a problem. And, and the problem in the swamp is just arrogance. It's arrogance and money. And here's the trick. Here's what I want to show you about draining the swamp. The only thing more lucrative than being in the opposition to Donald Trump, meaning, you know, if you're a Democrat right now, everybody's wanting to beat him. You know, you can be, I'm, I'm against Trump. They're like, oh, I want to help you. Let's do it. All this stuff is to be a Republican who will stay never Trump. You'll get you'll get uh, you'll be on TV. You'll be on CNN. You'll be on MSNBC. You'll be all over the place. You'll be profiled in all the magazines. And what got me triggered on this was I read a piece in, I think, New York magazine. that was a hit job on Mitch McConnell. Now, I'm not no fan of everything Mitch McConnell's done, but I will say on judges, he's been spectacular. But here's the thing. McConnell, this hit job on him, total hit job. I mean, ridiculous. And here's all throughout the story. Uh, maybe it was New Yorker. Actually, it was New Yorker, not New York Magazine, New Yorker. Jane Meyer, the writer for the New Yorker, says profile. It's your standard liberal hit job. And she's writing. And every time you turn around, it's another never Trumper, Bill Crystal and uh, and um, uh, uh, Rick Tyler and Rick Stevens. Is that his name? Rick Stevens. All these never Trumpers who have never, ever gotten over it, the fact that they were wrong. And not only the fact that they were wrong, but they were wrong about the president, about Trump being a, a, a center right president. And so they're trotted out as if they're sages with such wisdom. You should say, uh, guys, you were so wrong about that election and about this and that and the other thing. Instead, they say, oh, wow, this is great. My point here is to tell you this. Draining the swamp includes never forgetting who the never Trumpers are. Now, I don't think the president has ever forgotten, but I think the rest of us need to remember these never Trumpers. They're, they're, the, the communists use, use, they call them willing dupes. People that are willing to play dumb to be useful and help the enemy. That's what they're doing. It's despicable. And if you're going to drain the swamp, you can never forget the Never Trumpers. All right, we got to run. we got to run. Thank you, as always, to know our technical director, for keeping us on time and on the line here. And uh, thank you to Joanna for helping produce the show and book the show out of St. Louis. We'll be back tomorrow. It's Ed Martin here in a Pro-America Report. Thank you for listening. Talk to you then. Ed Martin and the Pro-America Report. On The Answer, San Diego.